What, peeing and pooing like everyone else? Welcome back, guys. This is your weekly Sunday Tattoo Chat. I am Paul, the teacher, Purple Andy Preacher. It's Albert, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Yeah, Chris. That was called Purple Hands occasionally. This might come across uh, a little bit all over the place, because we are a little bit all over the place, because it's Tuesday currently for us, and we've only just got back from Brighton. When you were watching the show last week, we were actually enjoying Brighton. I, I was going to say sunny Brighton. It wasn't really that sunny, to be honest with you. It was a bit uh, We were at the Brighton Tattoo Convention. I was there for the 10th time in a row, actually. Yeah, and I, I, I popped my Brighton cherry. <laughs> and I have to say, before cherry. we go any further, right, that was one of the best tattoo conventions I've been to in a very fucking long time. That's why I've been going there for 10 years. It felt like the way conventions used to be about fucking 10 years ago. You know, when they were just full of people loads of people there everybody was just having a laugh it was fucking great like well there was 550 artists i think there's normally about 450 or less yeah so there was there was considerably more artists working everybody seemed to be you know just working really hard and everybody got clients and everything the place was absolutely rammed. The weather wasn't too bad, it was considering. Right. I was saying to somebody the other day, it's the funny thing about um, going to conventions year after year when when they're at the same time, because there's there's places around the world. Right? If you said to me, "What do you what do you think about Brighton?" Then Paul, I go, oh, "It's lovely, but it's fucking freezing." Because I've only ever been there in at the end of February, beginning of March. I've never been there in the summertime. You know what I mean? I think there was one year that they run the show in the yeah, summer. Yeah. Uh, thinking it would be much better, but everybody went to the beach instead. So they put it back. They put it back to February because everybody's just buggered off for an ice cream. Do you know, like the, the the beggars and the homeless people were so polite as well? Do you know this? Did you see that one that we walked past? It's like, excuse me, sir. I'm terribly sorry to bother you, but I'm homeless, don't you know? May I trouble for you for a pound? I didn't really have that, but I I think most of the time when I'm in Brighton, I just get mistaken for a homeless person anyway. To be honest with you, they're them. like, oh, one of us. <laughs> it's just it's just. It's my choice of fashion, you know, people just tend to think oh, I'm homeless. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good show. I thought it was much bigger. I think there was some really interesting features. I, I've just got to say something, right? I was really happy because I thought they weren't there and it took me until the end of Saturday to find them because I, I, the same as you, I kept getting lost. I couldn't work out where I was. Yeah. For my money, and I've drunk a lot of coffee, so please, you know, take this as a fairly well-metered uh, review. The best coffee company in the world ever are called Monkshood Coffee and they were slinging coffee all weekend at Brighton like they have done for about the last 10 years every time I go there that's my favourite coffee from my favourite coffee company we're not sponsored I'm not sponsored in any way they just sling really good coffee it was lovely to see them again it's one of my favourite features of the show is my favourite coffee just the coffee (laughs) (laughs) I tell you one thing fucking them them gourmet fucking sausage rolls All right. Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know. I think their answer to gourmet was like, let's just make it more girthier and bang some seeds on the top. Like, Yeah, I think that's probably the only um, kind of, not complaints, but like 
requests for features of the show. I think that's the only one that I heard was there should be more food options. It would have been nice to have a couple of food trucks outside or something like that. I know there's a lot of food places You know the bar around. that we were in upstairs? On the other end of the bar, there was a food place because I was seeing people walking past with food boxes. So it could have been labelled better. Yeah. One thing I found really mental about it, about it, right, it's like you don't see it's just quite a large area. It was like the main foyer of the, the building. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is pretty big. And then they're like, I'll go upstairs. And I see like uh, the Yayo guys. And I was like, one thing I thought was mad is like they had one of our videos on their fucking stand. So it was pretty cool. So thanks for that. Um, and you had like all the killer guys and all the other people up here. But then like there's another set of doors and you walk through that set of doors, right? And there's a, there's a room in there that is the same size, if not bigger, than some tattoo conventions I've seen. Well, the funny thing was, so you wouldn't remember this, but uh, in the early days of uh, the Brighton Convention, back in the day... Back in the day, man, the good old days. It was in the Metropole Hotel, which is about two doors away. And that was a really... Yeah. It was really weird when it was in there because it was over a number of floors and there was breakout rooms everywhere. And it felt really similar to the... Uh, the yeah. Milan convention about 10 years ago when it was in the Quark Hotel in Milan. And you would continually yeah. get lost. You'd go down a flight of stairs, come back up what you thought was the same flight of stairs and find another convention going on and going, fucking hell, there's a whole other room of tattooists. For the yeah. first couple of years when they moved to the to the bigger <laughs> venue, because obviously the convention centre at Brighton is considerably bigger than the Metropole, um, it felt like the room was too big for the convention a little bit. And it was restricted mostly to, to like that. The tattooing was in that main room. And then all the other stuff was going on around it. And I think this year, fucking hell, man, it just felt like the convention's too big for the building again. You know, it's like either yeah. just spread out, there's fucking bars everywhere. There's stuff going on every floor that you can that you can go, every room you walk in, there's like a load of other stuff going on. And I think you're right. I think it, it really felt like a return to... I mean, I thought that last year, I came away from last year's Brighton convention thinking it was really great. But this one, I was like, fucking hell, that was like mind-bending how good that was. You know, I don't think... I mean, I walked away from it with, you know, nothing... Yeah. You know, nothing you go, oh, I think that could have been done better. I think that could have been done better. You know what I mean? I think there was, there was a few things that I sort of expected... But and I know they were going on, but yeah. because the, the the things got that big, I think I missed out on them. Like the the live entertainment was happening in the top bar, so that's on about the third or the fourth floor up. You know they've got this like like windowed bar. You know it's all glass out onto the seafront and everything, and there was live music happening in there. So I did find myself in that bar, uh, I think once. But then I couldn't find it again. It was like it was like a door to fucking Narnia. I was like, what fucking sequence of stairs did I go up in this building to find this bar? And I, <laughs> it was just it was, it was just really funny. And I think there was, um, you know, for the tattoo convention, I, I think it was interesting because they were having the best booth oh, competition. So everybody like really like made a big effort to make their booths look really good. When you walked round, it, it was like like being in downtown Tokyo, you know, just like Yeah, I noticed there were there was loads of neon signs. Yeah, I, I genuinely thought that it was just people made more of an effort in Brighton. Because I obviously yeah. like I was down here as a guest of Rotary Works to do some filming and try out the new machine that they got yeah. coming out. So like I didn't have like the same welcome packs or whatever that everybody else would have had. So I had no idea like some of the stuff that was happening. I just too, I just literally rocked up on the Saturday morning late and I had some guy standing here with his fucking walkie talkie saying, Oh, we've got a late turner upper. <laughs> late turner upper. 
Yeah, I mean, we went in on we went in on Friday. You could load in from about four, and uh, so we went in, built the booth up because I wasn't tattooing this year, but the kids were all tattooing. So I went down. Both my my daughter and my son both tattooed, and, they, and my uh, my first apprentice Sam was down as well. So we were all, they were all in tattooing. It was nice to see all three of them fucking tattooing because obviously I've known you for so long and I've watched them all kind of grow up, you know, in their careers from when they first started. And to see all three of them sitting here tattooing, it was uh, it was it was cool. Like. Well, when it comes to London, hopefully if it all comes off, there'll be four of them. So all four of them in the Modern Electric booth will all be kids that I've taught to tattoo. Nice. So that'll be nice for me. And then hopefully by London, I'll have my uh, some of my artwork ready to start showing people. Because the reason yeah. I haven't done anything for a couple of years is I've been working on shifting my artwork to sort of a couple of new places. So I'm not ready to uh, to have a, a booth at a convention yet because I've got nothing to show anybody at the moment because I'm still working on the tattoos. Because they take a minute. Yeah. When you're working on half bodies, uh, it takes a few seconds <sighs> to get it done. So it takes a minute before you're ready to start taking any photos. So I'm like, if you've got nothing That's to why, sort of um, promote, it's hard to go and do a convention. Yeah. They go, I've got loads of great tattoos. And they go, where are they? They go, I haven't got any pictures. Seems a bit pointless, you know what I mean? See, this, this is why I've kind of bit the bullet and I'm like taking uh, one of my, my clients, Josh Rumi, yeah. to, do right, one Josh. Of those, you know, to do my own stuff on at the show because then people can see it yeah yeah rather than kind of like yeah this these are my ideas but i'm going for the show so people because i think like you know sometimes things on paper and things on skin just look so much different yeah i like one that's one thing quite a few people said on the weekend they were like your photographs don't do the actual tattoos justice they like they look so much better in person because there's like a lot of texture and, and stuff like that in them. So what you should be what you should be doing when you're photographing them, you should be fo- photographing a wide shot and then photographing a couple of macro texture shots to go on your Instagram posts. Like just do a couple of like interesting texture shots and stuff. You know, you'll have to do that thing you don't like doing. You have to do arty photography. Arty photography, bang a filter on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favourite bit of the show then, do you reckon? My favourite bit of the show was when Mark Ford showed the print that he drew. Because I don't know if you see my face, I was just like, what the f-? Like that, I was just like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Like I was like, I can't believe someone's done that. That's fucking such an... Mark kind of uh, wandered up to me and went, I've got a present for you. My, <laughs> my immediate thinking was, are you a lawyer? Another cease and desist. On another cease and desist letter, thanks. And, um, and he'd, he'd drawn a piece of artwork for the Purple Handed Preachers. And um, so he's done, a, cool. he's done a, a cracking piece of artwork, which uh, he's done, he did four of them. So he's got two for Chris, two for me. And uh, he signed them to us and everything. It was really lovely meeting him. It's lovely to you know to meet you guys when you know when we're out and about. I'm sorry that uh, the real version of Paul is not this version that talks to a camera. The the real life version of me is far more socially awkward. So I'm sorry if I disappointed you, but that, you'll just have to deal with yeah, it. I'm dude, just not I, very I good with said humans. That. I'm just not very good with I humans. Said, <laughs> I was like, I think I said to somebody, I was like, see, like when Paul is in the comfort of his studio, he's like, I am Paul Talbot, yeah. the master of purple hands, and I will fucking destroy the world. And then in person, he's like, hello, my name is Paul. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't a, even say my name's Paul. I don't generally respond to people very often. I just don't try and keep my head down and stay out of it. I'm not really, uh, I'm not a big crowds kind of person. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, 
it's a bit weird. I was like, but I, I do my best. I with be, you, I, you know, I do my best. I hope nobody yeah. was. Because I did meet. I don't know about you. I I met loads of people that watch the show. Could they? But the thing is, yeah, everybody comes banging over because they've known me for two years and I've never met them. But yeah. I've been in their living room for two years and they come. Rah, how are you? And you go. Fuck it, no, I don't. Who are? Who the fuck are you? Right, you, you fucking know? dude, chop on my way. <laughs> no, um, I think a, a lot of the people. I met a few people on Sunday, but then oh, sorry, on Saturday. But on Sunday, I did meet a lot more people. But I think a lot of people because I had a few messages. They were coming round and they were coming to the booth, and um, it's like they just didn't want to bother me. Do you mean they were like, oh, it was. I'm like, fuck it, just say hello. That's from I'm, I'm literally there to fucking talk to people and say hello. Yeah. So if I'm tattooing, just say, oh, Chris, hello. Don't be afraid. Yeah. I'm just a person. Like, I pee and poo like everyone else. <laughs> and that neatly segues us into the topic of this week's chat. What, peeing and pooing like everyone else? Back in the mists of time, tattoo conventions started quite small. They were quite small affairs. Uh, and people turned up and they they shared information in in a world then where there wasn't much information about tattooing going about. So, you know, like-minded people got together and shared what they knew about tattooing, shared their tips and the techniques, and they tattooed, and then they would have, you know, competitions for fun uh, to see who did the best, just, you know, because you do. Uh, and it, coming away from Brighton and chatting with Chris... There was a couple of things that came up in conversation. Yes. Where I ended up saying to Chris, is it time now for us as artists to relook at what a convention is and how we approach a tattoo convention? Because my question is, the way we currently do the tattoo convention, have we just copied what was done in the past, yeah. which was designed for, you know, the back room of a pub? And now that we've scaled it into these huge arenas, does this format that's been kind of grandfathered into conventions because we've always done it that way, so we just carry on doing it that way on a much bigger scale, have we now got to the point where we need to look at if you were inventing a tattoo convention today for today's world of tattooing, would you do it like that? Because sometimes, you know, as things evolve around us... We carry on doing it like we've been, we've yeah. been doing it for fifty years, right? And See, sometimes you get to a point where you go, "We need to start looking at it again." And also, there were a couple of show features because, for my money, Brighton's always been one of the more forward-looking conventions. So, if you're going to see a, something new as an idea, tattoo conventions like Brighton, and in particular in the UK, I think Brighton is one of the more forward-thinking conventions mm. that will add features that quite often divide people. You know, they were one of the first conventions. Think, yeah, 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 they were one of the first conventions to to drop the awards and the competitions for a couple of years. That was, you know, massively I unpopular. I thought that was fucking great. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Right. So that's the question that I put to Chris for the, today's conversation: Is it time that we looked at tattoo conventions, both organisers and artists, and said, if you were say there was no tattoo conventions in the world, and we were going to put on the first tattoo convention? ever, in 2023, having there, there's never been one before, would you create the convention that we've just been to or would it have a slightly different format? Because I think there was a couple of things at Brighton that suggest 
that there might be th- a better way think, of doing things? Possibly. I think a hybrid version would work because after our discussion, I just popped into my head now that you like you have different types of artists. You will all, you'll have artists like yourselves, yourselves like yourself, who have the idea of going there to promote yourself in one aspect. But then you also have tattooists that are gen- genuinely, that they are just convention artists. They go to conventions to make money. So I think like you, yeah. a hybrid, so you need to have something that kind of like suits both artists. So yeah, I definitely think changes need to be made, but not necessarily all on the convention side. I think the general attitude of the tattooist needs to be changed in how they promote themselves does that make sense so let me give you a bit of yeah let me give you a bit of context to what chris is saying so when we were talking um before we hit record i said to chris that for the last few conventions that i did up to 2019 which was the last time i did a tattoo convention uh, i've not worked one since 2019 the last few conventions i did i didn't really tattoo at them and what I did instead was I made myself available to clients mm. coming to see me. Because what I'd noticed at conventions was I'd turn up, I'd sit there with a the client all day, there'd be people would come past the booth and then they'd come past again and they'd come past again. And they want to talk to you about a project that they want to do with you, but you're not available to talk to them because you've got your head down and you're busy working and you've got to get this tattoo finished because you're flying out of Milan in four hours' time. You're not going to see this client for a year. You don't want to leave them with an unfinished tattoo. Yeah. So for the last few conventions that I did, I was working on some little bits and pieces for Karen, my wife. So she came along with me, as she always did. Uh, and we we did a few touch-ups on some pieces that she'd got and we fixed a few things and we changed some stuff. Yeah. But it meant that whenever Karen saw somebody standing at the booth wanting to talk to me, she would stop me and go, Paul, this person needs to talk to you. And like I said to you, um, instead of uh, just worrying about making back the 500 quid that I've spent on my booth, I ended up chatting with people, going and having a coffee with somebody, discussing a project. And the last couple of conventions that I did, when I didn't really tattoo at all, instead, because I was available to chat to people... I was actually booking five and ten grand's worth of work for the follow for the rest of the yeah. year. So I was walking out of that convention with my, you know, say you put a grand into a convention with your hotel, your travel, and your booth. You put a thousand pound down over the table, and but and you don't make any money that weekend. But you, what you make is ten grand's worth of bookings. Yeah. Now for a thousand pound investment, a ten thousand pound return is really good. But that, whereas but that's the, the artists, people need to change. Whereas the, the artists that are working and just got their heads down and making the money over the weekend, they might only make 1,500 quid, two grand, over, over the course of the weekend. You know, so you've only got a £1,000 return on your £1,000 investment. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So we looked at it from a promotions and marketing and business point of view and went, okay, £1,000 down for a £1,000 return, at clean and clear, right, or £1,000 down for nine grand return after you've paid your bills. Like, do you know what I mean? And we looked at it and went, it's much better to chat to people. So that was my question was, should you even tattoo at a tattoo convention or should you just present your work and make yourself available to clients to talk to? Bit of both. Like what I said to you earlier on, I think what I would do moving forward, and, and this is purely from what I've learnt over the weekend and the other convention I, I worked, if I go on my own, I, I am going to help. If i got someone there to help me, like an assistant or something like that, then happy days, they can do talking for me. And if I need to stop, I'll stop. But like, I think what I would do going forward is maybe 
I would want to do tattooing, you know, showcase that style because it did get a lot of feedback on the new stuff that I'm working on and a lot of good feedback, which is really encouraging, let's say. Yeah, yeah. I would go to a convention, take somebody with me that I can tattoo and if I need to stop and talk to somebody, I'll stop to talk to somebody. But what I would do is I would maybe tattoo on the Saturday and then spend like the Sunday just chatting to people, doing consultations, just getting to know people, saying hello. So yeah, yeah. I think I do like a hybrid because I, I definitely feel like you still need to kind of show people what you can do in person because that's one of the reasons why people come to shows. I think if like, you know, if, if as a customer, I wouldn't go to a tattoo convention if it was just full of people standing going, good day. Would you like to book a tattoo? Do you know what I mean? It just, it doesn't have that No, cool... I, I agree, yeah. And it's like, this yeah. is something cool about getting tattooed at a show. Do you know what I mean? Like, people like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got tattooed by, I got tattooed by this person. And the other side of it as well, it's like, it's the opportunity. So, so like, I got tattooed by Tanae Whitfield in Tattoo Jam years ago. I'm not going to yeah. go to Virginia anytime soon. So I wouldn't have had that opportunity to get the tattoo done. So, they, yeah, so yeah. I think there is still, there's always going to be a need and a reason for people to tattoo at conventions. But I think people, like artists, need to reassess how they do it in order to harness what you're trying to kind of say, which is yeah, go there, present yourself, take the time, treat it as an investment, and it will pay off. Because you could end up tattooing on the Saturday and then take 10 bookings on a Sunday and you've fucking made a ship, you've made far more money and obviously take merch and, and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, see, for me, I don't feel like I need to tattoo at a convention because there is enough of a portfolio and enough work out there and legacy work, if you want, that I don't feel <clears> like I have to prove that I can tattoo and that and but the other thing no, is I like, get with that, yours but I think like, people like you to see do it. you do a bunch of different styles so it is important to showcase a style that you're working on however I've only ever yeah. done what I do right so nothing's really changed in what I do so to yeah. me it's like this is Paul Talbot's artwork it also gets tattooed this is what Paul Talbot is currently working on would you like to get some of this yeah do you think though that the other side of it then is like, if, if you're, so say for example, somebody wants to get tattooed by Paul Talbot and they want to see what he's like as a tattooist. Yes, they've seen you work online, but your work looks good. But what they want to see is like, what are you like as a tattooist? Are you a caring person? Do you not give a fuck? Do you really fucking hurt and not care? Yeah. So like, you've got, especially we're in this kind of like era of everybody is soft as fuck, like, do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like um, I, I don't. I don't think clients so, like, come for that. I think w the reason for for chatting no, with no, you and meeting you is is not so much to find out whether how you tattoo, but I think a lot of that is finding out. I'm going to you know if you're booking a sleeve, you're going to sit in a room with this person for forty hours. Yeah, right. So you want to find out if they if you get on with them. Are they a conversationalist? Can you vibe yeah. with them? Now, if you've only got there, five that, minutes yeah. because you're busy scribbling, right? You go, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd be totally into that. Yeah, yeah, be good. All right, yeah, nice one. Yeah, book in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Whereas if you haven't got the pressure of doing that tattoo, and you can go and have a cup yeah. of coffee with the clients and or sit and have a beer with them and spend a bit of time, 
they get they get to understand, oh, okay, this is the person I'm going to be sitting chatting with for 40 hours while yeah. I get my slave done. And I think there's a big part oh, of that. Yeah, you know? to- totally agree. I don't think that many yeah, people worry that. about whether it's going to hurt too much for them or not. I don't, I don't think... No, but I think, like, you will get some people that may want to kind of, like, watch you tattooing to see what you're like, just yeah. to see if you are, like, a, a bit of a fucking twatty tattooist, like... So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think there's definitely call for or re, no cause for you to tattoo and promote yourself. Like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think I, I, I would on that. it would be weird if in a tattoo convention there was no tattooing going on. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I do yeah. think that would be weird. It's like people think it's weird that they can't hear coil machines anymore. Yeah, you know I, mean? yeah I mean, I think that's, you know, I, I also think that, I would like to see more focus on some stuff specifically for the tattoo artists. Like, I would like to have seen a couple of seminars happening or, you know, some stuff like that would, would be good, like an educational side of the tattoo. Maybe go back to yeah. the idea of was having... Was there an the, artist's room? Um, I don't think there was an artist's room this year, to be honest with you. I, I didn't... Well, if there was, I didn't find it in the labyrinth that was the building. You know, yeah, there I could have been, it. could easily have been. But I would have liked <laughs> to have... Do you remember, you know, probably... When was the last time I went to one um, that had a day? Do you remember 15 years ago, conventions Liverpool. had an artist day, didn't they? Where it was, it was basically yeah, the build Yeah, Liverpool used to day. do it on the Friday. Yeah, on the Friday, you'd turn up, set your booth up, and then people would be doing, you know, uh, seminar tattoos. They'd be tattooing somebody and chatting with people as you watched and, you know, and yeah. things like that. Or there'd be a seminar going on in a breakout room about... How to, how to do smooth shading or something or lining. And, you know, I, I went to loads of those artist that, days and really enjoyed them. I thought they were really good. The thing is, though, I think what happened with those days, right, is tattooists were like, oh, I got a fucking extra day I can tattoo. All right, I'll just tattoo. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it descended into. Everybody was just tattooing on artist day, so it would become a three-day convention. So, But maybe if you policed that and went, look, no, uh, tattooing for demonstration purposes only as part of a seminar, and actually have people yeah, give but seminars, then, you know, I think that would be... Yeah, I'll tell you... A, that's what they need to do I'll then. I'll tell you a mad one that I did see. I, I don't ever see it working in tattooing, but it is kind of food for thought. I The last show that I did uh, was in Moscow in 2019, and it was a show that mm. was half tattooing and half barbering, right? And there were barbers there. They got the Janet Jackson headset microphones on, and they're cutting hair. Obviously, all of this is going on in Russian, so I didn't understand a word of it. But they were, like, talking the other people, the, all the other barbers watching. They were talking them through what they were doing with the cut and, and how they were going about it. And I thought, God, that'd be a really good format. Like, imagine you've got a GoPro and a mic on, and you sit yeah. doing a tattoo, and then you're talking people through the choices that you're making, and they can watch you do tattoos. And literally, you do a and a while you're tattooing a piece. And I watched it and thought, yeah, that could fucking work. hell, that, that'd be a really good way of doing it. Like, you know, watch, I don't know, insert name of very famous tattooist here, do a, do a start to finish piece, but it's the whole thing is a Q&A. So as, as you're tattooing, somebody goes, yeah. what, what liner are you using there, Paul? And you go, oh, I'm using a seven round liner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it'd be, it yeah. might not suit every tattooist because some tattooists don't like to talk while they're working. But like for me... Yeah, you, you'd be tattooing, you'd just be like, I'm trying to concentrate, shut up a second. Shut up, I'm trying to concentrate, yeah. But I, I think that would be a really good format for people wanting to learn. Yeah, that would. And you got it, I'm imagining that it would. up on a couple of big screens, the, like a feed from the GoPro. And I think it'd be, or, you know, any other action camera will do. The other models are available. But I'm just thinking that would be... 
but would it might be a really good format for a you know like a, a like a seminar kind of idea I think would be really yeah. good I, I can certainly think of a couple of tattooists that I'd love to watch do a start to finish tattoo you know what I mean you, like it's like do you remember yeah. the old um, I don't know if they really do them anymore, but like the old tutorial DVDs, like Nico's DVD, where he just does the entire yeah. thing almost in real time. I mean, that was fascinating to watch, you know, and going through what what the colour choices are. And and I just think they're, you know, maybe there's a few things that maybe we need to update it's just, it's, and pull pull from the past and, and update them and bring them back to tattooing. Because clearly there's a lot of people wanting to tr- teach themselves to tattoo. Yeah. And an artist day... <clears throat> Or an education day, you know, for which is what they're called in every other yeah. industry. I think would be really brilliant. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely. You know, and it would also, if you got all people that were either tattooists or learning to tattoo in the building, all just talking shop. I think that would be an interesting dynamic for a Friday. You know, well, no, yeah, no clients there that, for one day because obviously you want the clients there because they're a big part of it. But one day would be kind of cool. Yeah. It takes the ego away because I think doing and and not yeah it takes the ego away to a certain degree with some artists right but it also allows other artists that may be too afraid to go on to people and talk to them it allows them that opportunity to do that because like it's that's what you're there for do you know what I mean yeah um but I think that would be a great idea but it just requires the organisers of these conventions to do it. And and I've said this quite a lot of times now on the podcast that a lot of tattoo convention organisers in the UK, because um, I can't speak about Europe and America and so on, but in the UK there are a lot of organisers that are just, I feel like they've just become complacent. They just, they feel like they've got a format and they just keep doing the same thing year after year after year after year. And they're not doing anything. That's why I'm so buzzing off this Brighton show. Yeah. Because, like, it really felt like they put an effort into it. Well, I they think... a bit of a theme that's going, why I think, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like I was saying to you, that I think Brighton has always been one of those shows that's not afraid to reinvent itself and to grow and, yeah. and do, like, different stuff. Like, if you look at Brighton this year versus Brighton 10 years ago, it's actually quite a different show with quite a different feel. But they've never... They've never been afraid to, to reinvent. I think Woody's really brave with that. You know, he's, he doesn't just sit on his laurels and go, all right, I've got it all running, let's just ride it to the end. You know, I mean, he's, he's constantly looking to reinvent. And I think this, the show is better for it. So I think if you're a convention organiser, if you get a chance, you should maybe go and visit Brighton and have a look at the kind of stuff that they're doing or visit some of the more forward-thinking conventions, you know. And, and maybe try and reinvent said, the convention a yeah, little bit. You know? I, I've, I, I've, I've said that on the post I put up the other day that tattoo convention organisers need to take a look at what they're doing and take note of what Brighton are doing because they do it. What they're doing is they do in the conventions the right way. See, one of the one of the things that I think is interesting you know? about that is obviously I've done a lot of shows out in Europe. One of the things that I, I find interesting about this this country versus Europe, if I go to a show in Europe, you will see loads of convention organisers that you know all walking around everybody else's shows and they all go to each other's shows partly to support the yeah. show but also you don't and, get and to, to speak to artists that they, they maybe can't get into their show but also to to see what the other shows are all doing. The other thing that's nice is they all go there and they, they're they allowed to put posters up for their show 
in, you know, so you go to Milan and you'll see adverts for the Brussels show and, you know, it's all quite well-natured. I, I can't say for here, but I've never been a tattoo convention organiser here, so I don't know how well-natured the industry is uh, or not. I, I'm, I've no idea, to be honest with you. But it certainly seems like it's more of a um, community like that in, in Europe where they all know each other, they all get on, you know, obviously they're all working in the same industry. And they're all kind of copying ideas from each other, which I think is really good, you know. But I, I just think artists, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm right um, or, or anything like that. I'm just saying that uh, because of I've done 15 years of this, and I arrived at a point where I thought there is an argument for not tattooing at tattoo conventions that could be more financially yeah. beneficial. But I do also recognise that. Um, for some people, that's just not how their business works. And secondly, for visitors, imagine turning up to a tattoo convention and you couldn't get a tattoo. It'd just be really weird. Like you said, everybody's there like, you know, can I give you a business card, yeah. please? Yeah, no, it, it would be weird. So, like, this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion as well. I didn't get the, the femme fatale room. Like, I, I wasn't sure what that was all about. A fairly large portion of people that I heard discussing it they felt like that it was quite an elitist kind of like, I don't want to be part of Brighton, I want to be my own thing within Brighton. Yeah. And it was very similar to when you had the Chaos Theory project in Liverpool. Yeah. Like you had all these fucking amazing artists, right? Just tucked away by themselves. And it's just like, what, are you too fucking good to hang out with everybody? Because that's, that, that's the kind of vibe that people had in Liverpool and people were openly saying, they were like, well, are they fucking too good to fucking be down on the floor with everyone else? They got to have their own private room. And I feel like some people got it and they felt the vibe and they thought, oh, this was cool. Um, a lot of people that I saw were like, they walked in there and they were like, I'm, I'm not feeling it. This isn't my thing. But then there were other people that were just had that same attitude of like, um, it's a bit pretentious. Like, yeah, I mean... Well, I think like who 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 yeah, are I you think firstly to fucking think that you can honest. put on a convention in another no, convention. Firstly, let's be honest. Um, whoever's coming up with that idea, it, that's born. That kind of attitude is purely born out of jealousy because they're not in the elitist room because that's what tattooists are like. It's like if I'm not in there, it can't be that good. You know, every tattooist is like that. What are you doing? You're saying you're better than me. They're not doing that at all. So, in case you don't know, in case you didn't go to Brighton, um, in one of the in one of the rooms in the convention, Femme Fatale, which is Grace Neutral Studio in London, had taken over, you know, not not without permission, obviously, this is all done with the organiser. They hadn't kind of done it, you know. Uh, and they they'd done oh, like yeah, a takeover, no, yeah, yeah. in, in inverted commas, of the Brighton convention. And they'd, you know, draped one section of the, the room in pink and black drapes. They got a DJ playing in there, playing uh, curated music that Grace had chosen. And they got a cocktail bar in there, uh, and there was a very different vibe. It was all like very subdued lighting, um, very loud music, cocktails going everywhere, and it was just like a really yeah. big studio had just landed in the middle of the of the convention, right? And it was separate from the convention. The artists, uh, I'm led to believe, were all invited by Grace. She organised the artist list and all that sort of stuff, and I don't think it was at all elitist. I think that kind of thing's born out of jealousy. Well, no, but it was I, even it was even customers as well. No, no, I'm not saying like Taoists, even just general people that were walking around that were kind of like they were going in there and they were like, "What the fuck? Like, what is I, this?" I don't I don't think it was like that. My first thought when I, I I walked around it a couple of times, and my first thought was, 
for somebody like me, it, it just looked like pretentious London wanky bollocks. But by the same token, and in all fairness to all the people that had, had kind of put it together and that were in there, I'm not the target audience. Because you're not a pretentious fucking... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just because... Like, they got really loud music playing. I don't mind really loud music. I just didn't like the music they were playing. Um, I didn't like the cocktail bar. I'm not the target audience for this. But the things that I would say, my daughter, Beth, who's 21, she absolutely yeah. loved it. She thought it was great. That's exactly what the convention should be all about, right? And I heard loads of people walking to it and from it yeah. saying how much better it was than the other convention. They, you know, they were going, no, it's great. It's got a really great vibe. It's fucking amazing. So I honestly think that if you like the soundtrack and you like the way it was set up, then, and you were the target audience, you'd be into it, right? The one thing that I would say you like about it, yeah. it that, I, that I thought was fascinating was because it's a curated set of artists that all, you know, quite modern styles, if you walked around and actually looked at what everybody was doing, what was brilliant about it was it gave you like an overview of what modern, popular celebrity tattoos look like. You know, that's all of the people, like from what I can tell, all the people, that a number mm. of things that they've got in common. They've got quite high subscriber counts on social media, like TikTok and Instagram. They've been on some TV shows. They're kind of celebrity tattooists. They're all making what yeah. is the more, I guess, the modern almost skeletal style of tattooing. And if you wanted to get an overview of like, where's tattooing at? Where's the, the kind of the really popular cutting edge tattooing right now? Then you could walk around that room and it would answer the question for you. The other thing, like I said to you, that I found really fascinating with that is you've got all these like really ultra modern yeah. skeletal fine line tattoos happening. So really, really like right now kind of tattoos. But also in that room, you've got some of the oldest form of tattooing in the world, like dot work, which I thought, isn't that fascinating that with the ultra-modern tattooing, you've yeah. got one of the oldest forms of, or oldest styles of tattooing has come with it. So even though the room wasn't set up for me, it, and you know, I'm not the target for it, I think if you're into that and you're into that scene of tattooing right now, like if you're in your 20s right now, that fucking room was banging. Like, it, it was happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah my daughter some people were like it. Awesome, like, you know what I mean? But there's mixed reviews. Like I said, it, it did have a lot of mixed reviews from what I've seen. Yeah, but this this is the thing. Whenever you do something new, you're going to have as many people that go, I just don't get it, as as people that go, I think it's, it's wrong and pretentious, and people that go, I think it's amazing and the whole convention should be done that way. And so I think what was great about it is, A, I, you know, it's the kind of thing that I expect Brighton to do is stuff that makes you question whether is that a good idea or not. And I came away from it going, no, even though mm. maybe that room wasn't configured for me and didn't really suit me, I think a convention that like had four, imagine four conventions inside a convention. So imagine you've got, you know, somewhere the size of, say, Brighton or London, and you had four rooms yeah. that were all curated by particular artists that can invite, you know, the best people in their scene to kind of come, and you can walk into this room and you can see, you know, the, yeah. all of the best artists in this style from around the world because the person who's put that room together is really well-known within that scene. And, like, if you're into that, you can see... Like, because you were talking about wanting, you know, like to, being able to get, like, to name Whitfield to tattoo you. So imagine if you'd got there and there'd been a new school room 
put together, you know, by Jesse, you'd have been all over that shit. You'd have been like, that's the fucking greatest room. If it, you yeah. know, imagine it, you went in there and it was like there was fucking Marvel oh, movies yeah. playing all over the walls and there was comic books for sale and there was prints everywhere. You'd have loved but it. But you know what? Like, that's a really good idea. If they had different, like, sections. Um, the only the only downside to that, though, right, is what you, what you find is, like, you wouldn't get the flow of people going through as, uh, uh, you know, as as you would if everyone was, like, just randomly laid out, like, do you know I mean? Because you could have, like, you know, if black work isn't fashionable and you go to a black work room and it's, like, it's just five people in there because nobody wants that well, anymore. Well, no, see, what, what I think would naturally happen is that you would have, <clears throat> you, you know, because there's always more than one style that's bubbling up, right? So what you would find is... Yeah. And there's always, like, perennial styles. Like, the classics will always be the classics. You'll always have people wanting Japanese. You'll always have people wanting traditional, you know. But you could also have, you know, if, yeah. you know, if, like, because at the moment there's a lot of fine line and dot work and pointillism kind of styles coming up. That's that's the very, very sort of modern tattooing, you know, that's being done. You'd have a room of that. You could have a room of the kind of stuff that, that I do and the more avant-garde stuff and, you know, and the kind of outsider art where everybody goes, what the fuck are those people even doing in that room? They're just scribbling. I can't see anything. Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, yeah. And you could have a new school room. And, and I think you would get the traffic through because people would kind of walk through it. Because even though, like I said to you, that room wasn't really for me, I still visited it about three times just to have a look round because the tattooists in there were really good. I just wasn't really keen on the fucking music. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Oh, yeah, they but were really like, good. I'm not going to be. I'm a fucking old punk. I, you couldn't, know? Be, I couldn't be <laughs> fucking asked to wait for the queue for the cocktail bar because I was going to go and get a cocktail and I was just like... Apparently... And I, I've only I've had this on very good authority. That is one thing I can say. Apparently, the cocktails were not very good. They, they, it was. I don't think they were bartenders that were making them. They were very strong, but not necessarily very good. So they weren't shorting people on the booze. They might have just been shorting them on the quality of the actual cocktail. But you know, that's that's based on only two people that I spoke to, though. So it's not exactly a, a exhaustive poll. shots in cocktail. But no, bathroom. do you know what I mean? Though I think that you know. I think that was a really good idea. I don't think it was elitist at all. I, I think that's nonsense to, to say that it was elitist. I, I just think that's just people being uh, to be jealous, fair, if like, I'm honest. Some, some people think it, no. some people don't. I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was, myself. but I think it asks a really interesting question, like to convention organisers, a bit like the question we asked to tattoo, it's like, should you tattoo? It's like, should convention organisers be thinking about like getting curated sections of tattoo conventions where you can go there and see all of the best people currently doing a particular style. Well, in, imagine you could go to a convention. Imagine London announced that they were going to have a new school room where the best new school artists in the world, all of them were going to be there. You know, you, like you'd be all over that because that's, that's the style that you really yeah. love. And I think that that'd be brilliant for, for visitors. Like if, if you love a particular style and you don't want to travel all over the world and you could book in with like a couple of people over the weekend and get and get stuff, I, I, I just think yeah. it, it, it might be, I'm not saying it's maybe the right thing to do, but it might be a really good future. The only thing that I thought was if you're going to do that kind of thing, I think we also need to need to decide, is it just going to be about tattooing? Should there be more? Because when you went into that room, it was like a miniature tattoo convention of just people tattooing. I would yeah. have liked to have maybe seen it taken a stage further where there was a bit more than that, that maybe there was um, 
a, a different form of content and not just the tattooing, you know what I mean? Particularly for artists with such big, like, social media followings and, you know, they're almost content creators themselves. I think yeah. there could have been something more done with that. But maybe that was outside the brief, I don't know. While we've got conventions like Brighton, who, who will take a risk and who will look at stuff, that maybe some forward movement is going to come from conventions doing stuff where they will get criticised um, but also applauded for taking a risk. You know, I, I, I'm like, yeah, fucking well done. You know, I mean, it's, it's a really good idea. Like, give it a go, see what happens. If, if it's a success, do it again, put another room in like that and see if that's successful as well. And maybe this brings about a new format. You know, it, ta- it takes people taking a risk. And yeah. so with tattooists, I think sometimes it's like, if you were going and you wanted to find out, you could start by going, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll work on Sunday, but I'll chat to people on Saturday or the other way around and see if I come away with more bookings than if I just work all weekend. I mean, that's what I started doing was like, I'll just work one day and see what happens. And then it was so successful that I think, I just went, well, I just won't even, I think, you know, one, I think the last show that I did, I don't think I even took my tattoo gear. I just took prints <laughs> and T-shirts and stuff, you know, what's the point? So... So, I mean, certainly going back into it, you know, I've got no intention of taking my tattoo stuff to, you know, my, to conventions. I'll be taking prints and T-shirts and having coffee with people and booking in tattoos to be done at the show. I, 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 one, of my, one of my things I fucked up on is I didn't take my own business cards. So I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've rambled enough, guys. I don't think one we've thing, answered any questions. Wait, one, wait. One thing, I, 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 I want to get a thing just because I'm very proud of myself is that I managed to fucking wangle a fucking fairly fucking cohesive conversation with a fellow fucking Welshman in fucking Welsh on the Saturday. And I was like... Well done. I had a couple of beers as well. And I was quite proud of myself. So I just want to be like, fucking nice one for having the chat with me. Like, Let us know what you think, you know. Is it time for us to have a look at the way conventions are done? Um, would it be good to have curated rooms in, in different conventions? Is that kind of thing exciting or do you just want them to stay exactly as they are and not change and keep doing what we've been doing for the last million years? Do you think they should get to completely get rid of awards? That's a really simple answer, yes, absolutely. And so with that, this has been That Tattoo Show. I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. And we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Au revoir.